Today's episode is brought to you by the Clackamas County Winter Fair and Holiday Market. Lights, holiday treats and crafts, festive cheer, and of course, Santa and Mrs. Claus. Fridays and Saturdays from December 2nd through the 23rd, 5 to 10 p.m., only at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds in Canby. Tickets and information at ccwinterfair.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Candy, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. <laughs> With an old maid daughter that make the best moonshine in the coast. <laughs> and if you would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. It, it, it... I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Welcome to Now Hear This Can Be Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Clausen, and this is what's happening this week in our community. While the holiday shopping season and store displays seem to creep ever earlier each year for many Cambyite, the Christmas season will never officially begin until the community gathers downtown to welcome Santa and Mrs. Claus and light the trees and decorations at Waite Park. If that's you, well, the wait is over. The city of Canby's annual light up the night tree lighting and holiday parade went off without a hitch Friday evening. Hundreds of residents crowded the streets of downtown Canby for the much anticipated annual event led by Canby police and fire vehicles and Mayor Brian Hodson. Businesses, organizations, schools and civic groups paraded through on floats and on foot, adding light, color, Christmas music and of course fistfuls of candy to the festive air. At the end of the long caravan were Santa and Mrs. Claus themselves, greeting the throngs and delighting children from atop CFD's antique 1935 engine piloted by longtime volunteer firefighter Wayne Austin. Eventually, the parade wound its way to Waite Park, where Canby Fire Chief Jim Davis and Police Chief George Trow escorted the festive first couple to their thrones at the gazebo. There waited MC Greg Perez and Canby City Councilor Sarah Spoon, whom the community had given the honor to push the plunger, symbolically electrifying the park's decorations and Christmas tree. Hodson and Spoon offered a few words to commemorate the occasion, and the Oregon Trail Pitch Pipers performed festive jingles until the hour was ripe. At last, Spoon, who recently announced she was stepping down after six years of service, and her family flipped the switch as the community counted down to bring Canby's beloved downtown park to life with color and light. It was Melinda Durham's second time attending Light Up the Night. Though she has lived in the area since 2009, she had previously always had to work when the event was taking place. 
This year was extra special, she said Friday, as light from the gazebo played over her face, confiding that her parents had recently passed away. I'm trying to feel the spirit lift me, she said. Canby resident Ellis Murphy, eight years old, has never missed a tree lighting. She said her favorite part was watching the parade and seeing Santa drive by in the fire truck. Olivia Brown, nine years old, was on the Karis Elementary float with her best friend, eight-year-old Peyton Spaulding, who also attends Karis and perched atop the float dressed as a parakeet with lighted glowing feathers. Olivia's mom, Wendy Brown, said the school asked students if they wanted to be a part of the parade, either on the float or walking alongside, and both Olivia and Peyton jumped at the idea. The annual display is a labor of love by the city's public works and parks maintenance teams and also involves the lights and decorations on the tree along 1st and 2nd Avenues and in the Civic Plaza outside City Hall. The city keeps the lights up until the first week of January. For photos, find the story on our website at canbyfirst.com or follow the Canby Current on Facebook and Instagram. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas in the Canby area. And not just because downtown streets along with city businesses and homes throughout the community have donned their lights and other traditional holiday finery. Winter weather has also arrived in recent days with freezing temperatures and even a bit of snow impacting residents and schools. The Canby School District opened two hours later Monday morning due to icy conditions with classes at Baker Prairie Middle School and Canby High School starting at 10.40 a.m. and elementary and 91 school starting at 10 a.m. Most other districts in Clackamas County also observed the two-hour late start, including Oregon City and Malala, as temperatures hovered just above freezing in the early morning hours. The delays came one day after the area's first real snow, a dusting on Sunday morning that lasted a few hours and whitened a few lawns but failed to stick to roads and sidewalks. According to the National Weather Service, the highest snowfall totals were in eastern Multnomah and Clackamas counties with an accumulation of up to three inches reported in rural areas around Sandy, Hood River, and Gresham. Winter weather warnings the previous week largely failed to materialize in the valley, though areas surrounding Mount Hood were blanketed. Officials with Mount Hood National Forest, Multnomah County, announced on November 29th that they would be closing several seasonal gates due to unsafe driving conditions, including Trillium Lake and Upper Larch Mountain Road. Visit tripcheck.com or call 511 for updated road conditions. Clackamas County networks of warming centers and shelters continues to operate when the weather is predicted to be 33 degrees or lower, including wind chill, or when other conditions making sleeping outdoors especially dangerous. 
Overnight shelter is available in Canby at Zor Lutheran Church, 190 Southwest 3rd Avenue from 6 p.m. to 7 a.m. A meal will be offered after church activities. The Canby Public Library, 220 Northeast 2nd Avenue, is also available as a daytime warming center during normal business hours whenever temperatures reach 35 degrees or lower for a maximum stay of two hours. For a complete list of daytime warming centers and other information, visit clackamas.us slash relief. A late night evening at Light Up the Night did not stop the guest of honor from making it to the Clackamas County Fairgrounds and Event Center the following morning to celebrate the return of the Breakfast with Santa. The beloved annual event by the fairgrounds, Clackamas County 4-H Association, and Oregon State University Extension, Canby Police, Canby Fire, and other partnering businesses and organizations gives local kids and families a delicious breakfast and some one-on-one -on -one time with jolly old St. Nick. It was started by Canby firefighters more than 20 years ago for kids in the community who needed something special for Christmas, explained fairground event coordinator Ruth Galloway. The early honorees were children and families who had lost their homes or even family members due to fires or other tragedies. But the guest list continued to grow over the years and the event quickly outgrew the fire district headquarters. Similar to Shop with a Cop, organizers now work with local school officials and counselors to identify around 60 families in the Canby area and needing a pick-me-up for the holiday season. True to the event's roots, Canby firefighters can also hand out invites should the need arise. Breakfast with Santa moved to the fairgrounds about 15 years ago where it found a permanent home. The event made a triumphant return to the fairgrounds 4-H Hall Saturday morning after a two-year hiatus due to COVID-19. It was so much fun seeing the kids' faces light up when Santa comes in on the fire truck, Galloway said after the event Saturday. I was talking to one of the volunteers this morning and she said that it just doesn't really seem like the Christmas season until she goes to the breakfast with Santa with her grandson. Canby police officers and firefighters are critical to the event's success, greeting families as they arrive and helping whip up and serve the mountains of pancakes, scrambled eggs, and sausages it takes to feed the masses. Clackamas County Fair and Canby Rodeo Queen Alexis Goffner, along with 4-H members and volunteers, gave kids the chance to decorate their own Christmas cookies or partake in other festive crafts while they waited for the guests of honor to arrive. Galloway praised the hard work and support of Canby Police, Fire, 4-H, and other partnering organizations, as well as longtime fairgrounds maintenance supervisor, Carolyn Erland, and her team lead, Jeremy Christensen. She also thanked all of the sponsors who made the event possible, including Canby Kiwanis, Caruso Produce, Club Fit, the Davies Clinic, Hot Rod DreamWorks, and others. Photos are at canbyfirst.com and on Facebook and Instagram at canbycurrent.
A home in Northwest Canby was seriously damaged in a two-alarm fire last week. The Canby Fire District responded to the scene at the 700 block of Northwest 6th Avenue near North Birch at approximately 8.30 p.m. Tuesday, November 30th. I first heard sirens about 8.30 p.m. and went outside to see what was happening, neighbor Perry Tharp told Now Hear This Canby. I saw the owner just pulling around the corner and being stopped by emergency personnel. The fire appeared to have started in the back of the house. No one was home at the time. Fire officials said that they believe the blaze was caused by high winds. The neighborhood experienced heavy smoke for over an hour until the fire was contained. There were no fatalities and no injuries to any of the responding crews. The home's occupants were displaced and are now staying with relatives in town. A GoFundMe page and other efforts are in development to help the family. We'll share those details once they are set up. Hey, Frankie, what's up, dude? Ah, intruder, Alexis, call 411. <laughs> uh, who's Alexis? Oh, it's just you, Tyler. Sorry about that. You know, the days are getting shorter and darker, and before you know it, 6 p.m. is going to feel like midnight, and with the holidays coming, Christmas deliveries on the way and all, I've, I've just, I've been getting more security conscious, and I guess it's just making me a little paranoid. Yeah, so that's what all this is. Looks... Looks like quite the setup. Oh yeah. We decided to really invest in a top of the line Wi-Fi connected video security system. Just one little problem. What's that? Well, just look at this. We tested it out during Halloween and look how grainy and pixelated the video is. Everybody looks like Minecraft characters and <laughs> only a couple were actually wearing Minecraft costumes. This is supposed to be 4K high def video. I know, I know, you're gonna say it's my internet service provider like you always do, but I made sure to place my Wi-Fi router in a central location and I think my download speeds are decent. <laughs> Frankie, how many times have we gotta go over this? You always focus on the download speeds, but it's the upload speeds that really matter here. When you've got cameras that are uploading data to your smartphone app through the internet. Oh. I guess I should just hope I get robbed by someone wearing a Minecraft mask. Uh, sure. Or, or you could just switch to DirectLink, where they have internet upload speeds up to 10 times faster than other local providers. Oh. For uploads at the speed of security, visit www.directlink.coop slash internet. Or give them a call, 503-266-8111. Sitting here in the lovely home of Jeff and Allison Hartwell on North Juniper Street with Jeff and Allison. Hey guys. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Um, we are here to talk about uh, your beautiful Christmas display that you guys do every year. Um, there's obviously a number of really great and fabulous uh, displays that folks see around town um, this time of year. 
Uh, yours, I feel, is really uniquely um, one of the ones that's so cool uh, of really focusing on kind of the spiritual message that obviously is a big part of the holiday season this time of year. Um, wanted to start by just asking you guys, uh, when did you start doing the display? Where did the idea kind of come from? I know it's kind of grown over the years, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely grown. <laughs> Initially, I, I try and add at least one new feature every year. Sure. Um, but it started off with just the little precious moments nativity that um, we bought from her parents' neighbors about 28 years ago. 28 years ago, wow. Yeah. yeah. We, that, that year, we had been, yeah, we were probably married about three years at the time because we've been married 31 years now. and. We just decided we really wanted a nativity, mm. but they, you know, are pretty expensive. Yeah. And so that year we decided that was going to be our Christmas present to each other. Mm. And so, and we've loved it. So if Yvonne Scott okay. uh, made that. Yeah. You, um, you don't see as many nativities. They, when I was a kid, you used to see a lot more of them. Um, but you're maybe thinking of the ones that were like really kind of sculpted and might even have like cloth and whatnot. Those yeah, are probably yeah. pretty pricey. Yeah. yeah made yeah. with like real sticks and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you still have that same one mm -hmm. from, yeah, it's, it's a wood and kind of painted and like you said, kind of that cutesy precious moment style. Yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely kind of had to morph a little bit because the, the wooden structure that I have now is the stable. Mm. Um, I built okay. because the, they had, what we bought was just kind of a wooden arch way yeah. that was much smaller and over time it just dry rotted and yeah. gave up the ghost. And then um, the lighting of some of it was um, different initially. There were all these little individual lights that would go through little holes. Um, but instead now I'm, I'm using floodlights from yeah. the front to make it be visible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you've added a lot of elements mm -hmm. and a lot of light over the years. Um, mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. starting to get pretty technical, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Even had uh, some electricity uh, added. Out outlets. outlets out oh, okay. Added our, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you knocked out power to the main <laughs> Oh, the heart wells are at it again. <laughs> more circuit breakers going. <laughs> so the, the second feature that we added was um, the God with us sign. Yeah. Which I just thought that the word Emmanuel kind of was like a one word summary of what's behind Christmas. Yeah. But I realized that if I just put Emmanuel in lights, a lot of people would probably miss the meaning of it. Yeah. So I like, okay, I'm gonna spell this out. God with us, this is the incarnation. And so I always had that somewhere behind the nativity. Yeah. I built it pretty big, initially thinking it was going to go on my roof. Yeah. We were at a different house. You made it. Yeah. It is large. How big is yeah. it? There's three sections to it, but it's about 14, 15 feet yeah. tall. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so... Um, it's like billboard size. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it's, it was gonna... um, I'm trying to remember, but it's circular or... Heart-shaped. Well, Heart-shaped. Well, well, it's not initially oh. heart-shaped. Okay. There's just three rectangular signs. God over with, mm. over us. Yeah. And it's kind of funny every year I have to chuckle because I have to take the whole thing apart and I have to put on these big, long 16-foot 2 by 4s and I have to label where it is. And, and one spot says, bottom of God. <laughs> <laughs> God's got a backside. You've got to do, you do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. But um, I didn't add the heart until probably five years ago. Yeah. I just wanted to spice it up a little bit and add the idea of, God sent his son because he loved the world, right? Yeah. So the heart was added and 
and I, I think that really sets it off, makes it much better. Yeah. We have this, um, we play uh, in, in our van sometimes Bible stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a, a audio version of the children's version of the Bible. Yeah. Um, and the kids love to listen to it. But uh, my three-year-old, when he asks for it, he'll say, um, can you... Can you turn God on? <laughs> or sometimes that's ask, can cute. you play God? Which oh. also is uh, inappropriate. But anyway. That's cute. That's funny. Sure, sure. I'll turn God on. Well, I do have, yeah, yeah, Jeff, you know, our, our previous house had a small yard, and so he filled that up, but then we moved here, and he's like, I got it. And we have a double lot, so yeah. we got a lot more yeah, room. Yeah, really have sprawled in empty. recent years. Yeah. <laughs> and he's really, besides the nativity out there, and maybe the wise men still seek him, which is yeah. that he's made everything else and just comes up with it out of his head, you know? Yeah. And and even the, the addition this year, although the snowman nativity I came up with but and we built together, but yeah. the, the addition this year at the far end, the wise men bowing, mm. I was shocked to see what he came up with, but that's actually our our hot tub cover went bad and it got waterlogged and it uh-huh. was like two hundred pounds, so uh-huh. it was really heavy to lift up. So yeah. we had to replace it. And then the next thing I know, I go into the shop and I see half of the hot tub cover with this beautiful display being painted on it. Wow! And so he totally came up with that and it just out of our hot tub cover. So and it's hand painted. Spray painted. Spray painted, yeah. So the angel is cut out yes. and backlit. Yeah. And the Bethlehem star is backlit. But well, the he's rest... not one on now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's very good. That's awesome. <laughs> the shop out there. Yeah. Then the, um, the, it's the silhouette of the, sh- the shepherds and yeah. the sheep. They're not painted. I just cut those out of like a plastic sheet. Yeah. Awesome. Just glued them on. Cool. Um, so what would you guys say is kind of, obviously it's, it's grown over the years, been doing it for a long time. I know it's, um, uh, not easy probably. It's a lot of work to put on. What's the motivation doing this every year? Oh, it's just a passion to, yeah. to share, share Christ with people Yeah, and remind everybody that it's not about Santa Claus. <laughs> We're celebrating Jesus' birth. And so I had done a, a study on the kingdom of God and recognizing mm-hmm. how Jesus was coming here to be the king. Yeah. And so that inspired last year's new edition, which is the, the round sign that um, was made out of an old table that says, Joy to the world, our king is born. Mm. Cool. So just little things like that, whatever God's doing in my heart that particular year might inspire the new, the new feature. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any idea, like, how many hours you kind of put into mm. the display over the years and building it and fixing it and, <laughs> and, and setting it up and tearing it down? Yeah, yeah. Allison might have another idea. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 10,000 hours this year alone. No. <laughs> I, I haven't kept track of those hours, but um, Mark Smith drove by with his family oh, cool. um, a week ago. Yeah. And it was like, how long does it take you to set this all up? I'm like, about a week, but I'm working full time, so sure. it's in the evenings after yeah, work and yeah. on the weekends, but yeah, it's not just a one day project. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what other th- things have you heard from people or heard from the community in terms of the response? Allison hears more than me because she's on Facebook and posts things and gets notifications back, so yeah. you can tell them. Yeah, no, and I, I just have fun posting pictures, and mm. yeah, people enjoy it, and, and uh, lots of different comments, but um, 
some on, you know, of course, how pretty it is, but then uh, there were have been some comments on the meaning behind mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You know, that it, it looks um, intentional, which mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. And, and then um, other comments like, you know, oh, I've seen that nativity around for a lot of years because we've been in Canby a lot oh, of sure. years and yeah. we've had it for so long, <laughs> you know, so yeah. that's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, not, not as many comments, I guess, people driving by because we're not out there yeah. <laughs> most of the time. It's always in the winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you uh, notice folks kind of stopping to, to look at it? Yeah. They slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Uh, so we had some friends last year. She had like her hairstylist and I had a patient who said, you guys should enter that contest mm -hmm. next year. And so that's why we did this year. Yeah. Yeah. The Canby Christmas Tour of Life. Yeah. Little plug. CanbyChristmasTour.com. Yeah. Check that out. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Is there anything uh, that you're hoping to add in the coming years or do you kind of just approach it year by year? Like you said, what you're studying or what's kind of inspiring you? Yeah. There's a big hole out or, here. Or right? what, what yeah. hot tub cover went bad. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you need to exactly. An old table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of some years been planned well in advance and other years just kind of winged it and yeah oh yeah that that's available let's make this happen um but i'm definitely eyeing a spot out here where there's kind of a void now mm. that needs something big and so i've just been thinking about what that could be and I can picture some angels out there maybe we'll see yeah yeah awesome. <laughs> very cool you have to wait till next year to right. see. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait in anticipation. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for taking time out to, to talk to me today. Um, and thanks for, for doing this. Uh, like I said, it does really stand out um, in a good way. Um, uh, just kind of providing that little uh, meaningful touch that I think is, is important this time of year. So thank you guys for that. Anything else that you'd like to share or... Well, I appreciate you noticing yeah. and giving us opportunity to share because there there are lots of times where I felt like, boy, I put a lot of work into this. Yeah, and is it worth we'll, it? We'll have even friends come over and you know have Christmas parties or whatever, and nobody say a word. Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, does anybody even pay attention to what I have out there? Got <laughs> <laughs> their blinders on or whatnot. It's that time. It's this time of year, isn't it? You know, we just got so much going on, and and um, but yeah, I'm sure there's nothing mean-hearted in that. But uh, yeah, no, it's absolutely my pleasure. Uh, it's something that we've admired over the years, and um, you know, uh, we we go to church right across, so we see it uh, at Canby Alliance. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I really admire and appreciate all the work that you put into it, both of you guys. So yeah, yeah. There's one one more thing to add. The, yeah, the second new feature this year, and that's. Um, the family of deer looking into an antique window mm -hmm. that's got the snow in the oh, window yeah. panes and a, and a scene of um, a Christmas tree that's yeah. lit up with candles and then candles in the window. But, but the, um, the feature I want to point out is hard to see. And that's this little plaque that's mm -hmm. on the wall yeah. inside the house that says, um, John one, one through 14, okay. which isn't just about in the, beginning was the word and the word was with God and right. the word was God and the word became flesh but it talks about him being the light of mm. the world and the darkness didn't perceive it so that was just an inspirational thing I had a couple months ago about hey I want to want to show these candles and um, focus on Jesus being not only God but light yeah yeah that the darkness needs awesome awesome um, so the display is uh, again Caddy Corner from Canby Alliance Church on uh, North Juniper 
um, come down and check it out. What is the plan for, um, do you have it uh, lit up uh, every night through mm-hmm. Christmas or, um, yeah. All, all the way into years. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Awesome. And then takes, uh, how long does it take to take down? Does less, it take about a week time. as well? Less time than setting up, but it's definitely not a one-day project. Oh, oh, you should hear the story about yeah. two years ago when we were taking it down. And it took so long that we had to go to dinner. And, and I had taken down the nativity. And... you got to be careful with those message ones, right? You don't have to... Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But we, we God had... with who? Right. God with? No. <laughs> we parted it up or something. Yeah. So, so the nativity has a, a figure for Mary, a figure for Joseph, a figure for baby Jesus. And I put them away, um, part way, and we got interrupted from finishing the job. We had yeah. to go to dinner because I was hungry. And... We come back and, and I found Mary and I found Joseph, but I couldn't find baby Jesus. Oh, no. And I thought, somebody took our baby Jesus. Somebody stole him. And, and that year, someone had stolen some lights right off our bushes, right up oh, here on our porch. And so really? We yeah, were, they we had nothing like, to do with... I know. We came out, we're light. like, all these lights are gone. <laughs> so Already kind of on the prime for potential other thefts. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I looked around everywhere. I couldn't find this baby Jesus. So I come into the house and... Somebody stole baby Jesus. So she immediately gets on Camden now and says, can you believe it? Somebody stole baby Jesus. She gets all these hundreds of replies back. We've seen that thing for years. We know exactly what you're talking about. We love that display. I can't believe anybody would actually steal baby Jesus. I had hundreds of comments. I'm like, yeah, baby Jesus. I can't believe what's the world coming to. You have people haunting the neighborhood, trying to (laughs) go in vigilante mode. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So then was it two days later? Yeah, like probably three or four. Well, in the meantime, like his brother and sister in law lived in Camby then, and so they knew that baby Jesus had been stolen. And then, like yeah. the next day, they went to Hawaii, so they were out of town. So that will tie yeah. in at the Lisa, end of the story. Lisa's the right term, kidnapping. I Kid- believe is what not <laughs> kidnapping. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so that'll tie in at the end of the story. But yeah, then Jeff comes into me, probably like three days later after this has been on Camby now and everything. Uh-huh. He says. He looks kind of sheepish, and he goes, I found baby Jesus. And I was like, you did? Where? And he's like, yeah, before we went to dinner, I forgot I, like, set him on the back of the shop. <laughs> and I said to him, oh, no. I said, what am I going to tell everyone on Cammy now? I said, just tell him your husband's an idiot. And I said, I'm not going to tell him that. And so I went on. He's been found. Baby Jesus has been found. But then what we did was we took baby Jesus. And since his brother and sister-in-law uh-huh. were in Hawaii and they knew he was missing, we went and stuck him alongside their house. <laughs> so when they'd come home, they'd find What? How did baby Jesus get here? So yeah. anyway, we had fun with it. <laughs> you know you know what? I, I actually heard the story of what actually happened with that was that um the person who kidnapped him felt saw the posts and all the comments it felt so bad that they came and returned that would have gotten egg off my face (laughs) (laughs) that allows you to say well face it (laughs) i love that then this year we put up a second nativity that's a snowman nativity that we had at the clinic the prior years and so baby jesus now, over in that nativity, he's just made out of these little styrofoam balls. Yeah. And he doesn't weigh very much. He's got a carrot nose and just a head and a body. Yeah. And he's under this blanket. But we had a really bad storm a couple nights. So, so I go out there and I look the next morning and baby Jesus is gone. Mm. So I go, oh, no, baby Jesus is stolen again. <laughs> Quick, check the shop. <laughs> and so, so I look around and he's, he's in the middle of the street. Oh, <laughs> he's been blown out. Yeah. Yeah, the weather just kind of 
that. Yeah, we had to anchor him down a little bit better. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well, and I, I don't know how much detail you want to go, uh, Jeff, but for anyone getting ideas, you did set up all the booby traps, all the Home Alone style. So if anyone's <laughs> trying to mess with that again, beware. That's so. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> You've been warned. There's a few explosives out there. Don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Bricks coming from the right. tree. The big paint cans. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Hot iron in the face. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much and Merry Christmas. Thanks. You too, Merry brother. Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! Nobody does Christmas like Canby, and the Clackamas County Fairgrounds and Event Center is proving that this year with their spectacular third annual winter fair and first ever holiday market. On Friday and Saturday nights from December 2nd through the 23rd, celebrate the festive period at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds as you've never seen it before. Decked out in a carefully designed half-mile holiday walkthrough experience featuring more than 200,000 lights and show-stopping animations. It's the best of both worlds with top-of-the-line, cutting-edge LED technology and music combined with thoughtful and artistic tributes to our most time-honored and beloved country and Christmas traditions. New this year, the holiday market will showcase more than 25 local crafters and vendors offering one-of-a-kind gifts, souvenirs, and delicious treats you can't find anywhere else, along with the best school choirs, bands, and other regional entertainment performing your... Christmas favorites each night to ensure the perfect festive mood. Round out your trip to the Winter Fair with a visit to Santa's workshop to meet the jolly old elf himself for family photos every day of the fair until 8 p.m. Tickets are on sale now, $10 for adults and teens and $5 for children aged 4 to 12. Parking and children 3 and under are free. For tickets and information, visit ccwinterfair.com. Happy holidays to you and yours, and a very Merry Christmas. Canby Then is brought to you by Retro Revival. They are not your average antique shop. Open daily, and you can find them on the corner of Northwest 3rd and Grant Street in downtown Canby. Well, today marks the final entry in our series on Canby's remarkable athletes and sports heroes. These are not the final stories we found in our scouring of the town's history that intrigue and inspire us. No, 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 far from it. But it is simply time for us in the coming new year to pull on other threads in our continuing work of telling the story of Canby. In this series, we have seen folks from our little town accomplish amazing things. We've seen a pint-sized former Clackamas County beauty queen outshoot grown men in archery long-distance competitions. We've seen a farm boy who was told he'd be too fat to go on to beat the greatest wrestler in the history of the sport whom no other man had ever beaten before or since. And we've seen a soft-spoken slugger who grew up in the shadow of his Hall of Fame older brother, make it all the way to the major leagues where Rogers Hornsbury put him in the same company as Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. 
We've seen a football coach whose legendary wisdom was so great and his snot rocket so legendary, his players are still talking about them almost 40 years later. But today, we have two stories that may yet astound you even more. Born with a form of cerebral palsy called spastic diplegia, which severely limits motor control in the lower body, Carly DeWald did not appear destined for a future as an Olympic-level sprinter competing against the top athletes in the world. But that's exactly what she became. As a child, she had to learn to focus her center of gravity much higher than those who have full control of their legs. She did this by balancing on a large rubber ball and trying not to fall. When something as simple as moving from one side of a room to the other takes a lifetime of physical therapy, it tends to breed a special kind of determination and competitive spirit, which would serve Carly well in her later endeavors. For Carly, simply getting around required crutches, a walker, or a wheelchair. But she soon found that simply getting around wasn't exactly her speed. She took up wheelchair basketball and had a real talent for it. Then, in eighth grade at Baker Prairie Elementary School, she tried wheelchair track for the first time. To her, it was just an opportunity that might help her get in better shape for basketball, but it would change her life. For athletes with disabilities, track events can involve sleek, three-wheeled racing wheelchairs or racers. They look sort of like a bared-down go-kart, except the engine is the athlete's arms. She soon caught the eye of Kevin Hansen, a Eugene-based track coach for athletes with disabilities and the director of the World Wheelchair Sports. A promising college athlete, Hansen broke his neck in a skiing accident when he was 21 years old. The accident left him almost completely paralyzed, though intense physical rehabilitation would eventually give him back some limited use of his arms. Hansen trained Carly for numerous events, including a 400-meter sprint at the Oregon Relays in April 2011, where she set the American record for her classification and was first noticed by the Olympic Training Committee. Her times qualified her for the U.S. Track Nationals in Miramar, Florida, which would be her first-ever Paralympic event. Carly finished last in both races. Far from defeated, Carly began training harder than ever and was soon holding her own against much older and more experienced athletes. She earned a silver medal in the 100-meter dash at the Parapan American Games in Guadalajara, Mexico in November 2011 and continued to travel the globe the following year, culminating with the Summer Paralympic Games held in September 2012 in London. As a 17-year-old senior at Canby High School, Carly DeWald had the honor of representing the United States under the brightest lights in sports. She was named 2012 High School Female Track Athlete of the Year by the U.S. Paralympics. In an interview with Ethos Magazine, Carly gave all the credit to her coaches, friends, and family who had supported her. I've had an amazing support group behind me. People focus so much on the athlete, but there are so many things that go into it. I didn't get here by myself. Now, our second story. Imagine qualifying for the Winter Olympic Games as a 21-year-old downhill skier. Imagine competing as a crucial member of the U.S. skied and snowboard team for the next four years and qualifying for the Olympics again. Imagine having the momentum on your side, being in the best shape of your life, and all signs pointing toward you being a serious contender to bring home a medal in your second Olympics. Then, imagine suffering a devastating and possibly career-ending injury just days before you are set to board a plane with your teammates bound for Pyeongchang. 
All this and more happened to Aurora native and Canby High School grad Jackie Wiles. Jackie grew up skiing the slopes of Mount Hood, first at Cooper Spur, then at Mount Hood Meadows. Her older brother, Steele, recalled how she exhibited the trait that would come to define her athletic career even as a four-year-old on the bunny slope. Oh, she wanted to go fast, he said. Yes, Jackie wanted to go fast, and she did go fast. Her blazing speed and fearless drive to compete pushed her through high school athletics and then to the top of the nation's charts of competitive skiers before she could legally buy a drink. She first blasted onto the scene in 2013, winning the Nature Valley U.S. Alpine Championship downhill title at the U.S. Ski Team Speed Center at the age of 20. She won it again the following year and went to her first Olympics in Sochi, where she finished 26th. Having come so close, getting back to the 2018 Winter Games in South Korea would be virtually her only goal for the next four years as a member of the U.S. ski team. She competed in numerous World Cup events, winning a bronze medal in Austria in 2017 and another third-place finish in Italy early the next year. She had found another gear in late 2017 and was skiing better than she ever had. Fans turned out in Europe to watch her compete before the Olympics. She had qualified for the downhill, super-G, and alpine combined events, and many of those who would follow the sport expected her to make a podium at least once. But that's when disaster struck. Jackie was competing in a World Cup event in Germany, blazing down the slopes and wowing fans with breakneck turns like she had done countless times before. But something went wrong this time. She lost control spun out and stayed there still unconscious and unable to put weight on her left leg. The devastating inventory of her injuries would later become known. Multiple breaks in both of her legs, a torn ACL, a torn LCL, a torn meniscus, no Olympics, perhaps no skiing, competitive or otherwise, ever again. But Jackie never believed that. She remained a member of the U.S. ski and snowboard team and with the same ruthless determination and indomitable drive that had made her a top contender for the 2018 Winter Games that she would never attend, she poured herself into intense rehab with the goal of not only returning to the slopes, but returning better and faster than ever. The schedule was grueling, six days a week, three times each day, physical therapy, strength training, cardio for over a year. <laughs> but hey, if you've learned anything from this series, it has to be this. Don't bet against the Canby Cougars. In April 2019, Jackie hit the slopes at Mammoth Mountain in Central California, skiing on real snow for the first time in 14 months. And, as of just a couple of weeks ago, she is once again competing in World Cup events around the globe. She's already done two races in December, and if we know Jackie, she's hungry for war. After all, the Beijing Olympics are barely two years away. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears, even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle? Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, 
And, Wait, what? and they love to give back. They've been members of the Canby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm... I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. Now Hear This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. Um, I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.